tell you I really missed you guys I really missed you guys and I hope that you're prepared um, for what God has for you today what God has for all of us today are you excited about that are you ready for that today man I I tell you what um, I have been waiting to get back to this message of of um, works doing what Jesus did We've been talking about, you know, we started talking about the dilemma of grace versus works. We started with that, and and I know that it's important for us. And if you can turn this mic down just a little bit, I greatly appreciate that. Just some. Thank you. Thank you. But we, we started talking about grace because there was a ditch of grace being um, I get out of jail free card, do whatever you want with no consequence card. All right. And we started thinking like that. And many people think about grace from that perspective. But I want you to remember again that we are saved by grace. Yes, grace and not of works. We are saved by grace, but we are judged by the works that we commit in this body. Okay, so it's important for us to remember that. It's important for us not to forget that. Grace saved us. Jesus came along. Grace and truth is who Jesus is. And he came along and died for us. Amen. And we receive what he's done. That's grace. Nothing that we did, everything that he did. Amen. But our works, God says, those give us. Uh, we're judged by that, and that gives us our reward, whether our reward will be large, whether it will be small, or whether it will be non-existent. But regardless, our works will be judged. Then we moved on from there, and we started to talk about that if he gives us works, what works should we be doing? And the works that we should be doing are the works that Jesus did. Let's go to John 14. This is just review. This is just review since it's been a while, right? 
You take one Sunday off, man, and you got those 14 days, man, in between that gets us. John 14, starting in verse 6. I don't want us to forget this. This is crucial. John 14, 6, and we're going to read to 14. And it says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Amen? Amen. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. And Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father and it suffices, or, 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 or it does us good. We'll be satisfied if you show us the father. And Jesus saying to, unto him in verse 9, have I been so long with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me hath seen the father. And how say it then, show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. What's the next line? He doeth or does the what? Works. Okay, remember we're talking about works here, okay? He doeth the work. Now, Jesus says this, believe me that I am in the father in verse 11 and the father in me or else believe me for the very works sake. I've already taught this message, so I don't have the time to go back to what all that means. But I want to keep going and see this. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father and whatsoever you shall ask in my name that will I do that the father may be glorified in the son if ye shall ask anything in my name I will do it and I tell you guys this is important for us to understand that Jesus is telling us to do what he did but the way he's telling us to do it is to not do it of our own volition but do it in his name Okay, he's telling us that I'm giving you, listen, that's why he gave us those scriptures. Uh, Do you remember the Great Commission? He's putting his hands on his disciples and he's telling them, hey, guess what, guys? Now I'm commissioning you because all power has been given to me. I'm giving it to you. Go do it. Go conduct business. Do everything that you do that you saw me do. Do it in my name. Do it according by my authority that I'm leaving with you. So this is very important that we understand that these works that he's telling us to do are paramount. It's the last thing he's telling you. Listen, it's, it's nothing more critical than on your deathbed, right? Where you're not, not deathbed. I shouldn't say it like that because he's not dying again. He's going up into heaven. He's still alive. But as he's leaving the situation, as he's transitioning from this life until his next life, he's transitioning out and he's leaving this last statement. Do what I did. He didn't say, he didn't say, go be rich. He didn't tell you, go chill. He didn't tell you, rule over everybody with an iron fist. He said, no, do what I did. That's the thing that he's saying as he's transitioning out. Do what I did. And it's one of the things that we miss. We get the great commission, but we miss that he's telling us that in that do what I did. So I want us to talk about this because it's important 
to see his plan laid out. But there's some things that we got to do before we can get into doing what he did. And I, and I saw this. I was, uh, you know, I tell you guys all the time that as I'm, I'm doing bread, I'm listening to different ministers. And one minister read this, uh, this chapter and he was talking about something else. And God just began to speak to me about working the works of Jesus. And he talked to me about these verses and how to expound them to you. And I want to do that today. Okay. So let's start in John chapter five, and we're going to read one through 13. And I'm going to try to stay here and I'm going to try to stay on topic and I'm going to try not to get, uh, um, to get sidetracked with this. All right. So hard for me. I know I'm already getting sidetracked. I'm like, Oh man, I see some more stuff I need to say. No, no, stay on track. Stay on track. Let's read first. John chapter 5, 1 through 13. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep gate. That word market should be gate. If it's in your Bible, gate, that's a better translation. By the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda having five porches and in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk or sick people of blind halt withered waiting for the moving of the water for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole Remember that of what whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and eight years. When Jesus saw him, uh, excuse me, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been there about, excuse me, that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man. When the water is trouble to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus saith unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. And the Jews therefore said unto him that was cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered them. He that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they, uh, excuse me, asked they him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Now, I want to stop there because there's so much in that. Matter of fact, there's so much in that. I don't have time to explain all of that. And you think, man, that was only 13 verses, man. That shouldn't be much. I got the gist of it. The man needed to be healed and he was healed. Boom. But there's a lot that God is saying to us about working the works in this. The first thing that I want us to get, the first thing that I want us to talk about is that we have to look at this place, that it is the place where they took on a consistent basis, this was the known place to take everybody who was sick, lame, hurting, they had any infirmity, you take them there and you leave them. It was a drop-off point 
for people that, you know, I don't want to say that. I better leave that alone. I might be rude. But it was a drop off place for people. You know, the folks that you didn't want to deal with anymore. It was a dropping off place. And in that place, every day, day in, day out, the only people that were in that place, for the most part, were sick people. So that whole time that that guy had been there, all he saw was sick folk. His norm, you would say, had become sickness, disease, infirmity, problems, trouble. That was his every day in that place. That's what we have to remember is that sometimes we can grow accustomed to certain things in our lives. And as we grow accustomed to that, we can live in a place and start to lose hope. This man had been there for a very long time. How long had he been there? 38 years. This joker had been there and sick. His family dropped him off, left him there and said, homie, I hope you get in that pool sometime. Here's the frustration of his situation. This is what we forget is that this guy wasn't blind. Because blind, he could, might be able to hear when the water became alive. Right? He wasn't deaf and was able to see. He wasn't mute and was able to talk and walk. I mean, excuse me, not talk, but walk. This man was paralyzed. I don't know about you, but paralyzation means I can't move. How am I ever going to get out of the position that I'm in? Even though the water has the potential, the water, when it's made of now, you got to remember that the troubling of the water meant that the water became alive. It became like living water. Started flowing. It started moving. It became agitated. And the people knew then. But this man's paralyzed. How's he going to ever get in? No wonder he'd been there 38 years. 38 years in that place, growing accustomed, accustomed to where he was. It was becoming his normal. He had gotten used to it. Anybody ever get used to some of the things that you've been dealing with and you, you've been dealing with them and you're like, God, I need help for this and I want it and I want to get out of where I am and I'm trying to get out of where I am, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of used to it that I've forgotten even that this is an issue. It's been with me so long. I've just gotten used to it. I've learned how to handle that, this, this, that I get pain in this hand. That the pain in this hand is so much, I've forgotten it. Because I've grown accustomed to it. I stop even thinking about what needs to be done to be healed. I've been in this situation where I can't see so long that this is my normal. I, I've learned how to get around. In this place that I'm in. And this is the very first thing that God wants us to see about this. How many of us have grown accustomed to being in this place of loss? And God wants us to take from this that he wants us to begin to see things from his perspective. I'm going to come back to that. But I want us to not forget at the troubling of the waters, the waters were becoming alive. 
this was when you were supposed to be placed in it. The next thing is that I want us to see in this thing is after he had been there this time, Jesus comes up and finds this guy and knows that he's been there 38 years. And Jesus asked this question, this question, if you're really not paying attention, if you don't know who Jesus is, if he asked you this question, you might have a problem with it. It might sound mean. He said to him in modern day vernacular, do you want everything to be fixed? Do you want to be well? Now, 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 the way that that you may hear it, if you don't know who Jesus is, is somebody asking you, do you ever want to be better? You've been here 38 years. You ain't changed. What's wrong with you? Why are you not changing after 38 years of being in this spot? You might hear that. And that's not God's heart at all. But you might hear somebody may come along and and, and to me say, don't you want to lose weight? And I'll be honest with you, I'd respond the same way this guy did. Because he responds, he says this to Jesus. Now, listen, listen, remember that he could have been offended at this. He could have been offended and turned away from Jesus when he asked, do you want to be well? He could have said, man, don't you see I'm I'm out here, man. Don't you see what I'm doing? What's wrong with you? Because he didn't know who he was. You guys with me? Come on, come on. Stay with me. He didn't know who he was. He could have said, man, come on now. You don't know how many people done asked me that. How many people done tried to come along and tell me they were going to help me. And then when I needed their help and the water started trouble, I looked around. They weren't here. They disappeared on me. They disappointed me. They didn't help me. They promised all these big things and nobody showed up for me. Come on, man. You gonna ask me if I want to be healed. Right. He could have taken that mode. But that's not what Jesus was saying. He responded. This guy responds to him and he says this. In verse. Excuse me. Where did he say that? In verse seven. Thank you. And the impotent man answered him, sir. I have no man when the water is trouble to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another step it down before me, sir. I'm trying. I really am. But I'll be honest with you. I'm in a tough spot. The way that my life is right now, if you could see me, can you see me that I'm paralyzed? I'm trying. I ask people to help. I don't know how to get it done. I I want to. I really want to be different. This thing that is happening here is this man making sure that he's telling Jesus, here's my heart. Here's what I see. Here's my reality. I don't have anybody to help me. And because he was in this position and because he was in the midst of all of these people, he had lost hope and missed the very help that was standing right in front of him. I wonder why he didn't just say, hey, when you're saying to me, do I want to be healed? Yeah, man, I want to be healed. Are you going to help me? But he didn't. He told his other story. Why didn't he say that? He missed. If you ask me, you're going to help me. 
Are you bringing something to the situation? Are you going to pull me into it? You're going to pull me to the edge and you're going to make sure you stand with me. So when the water is a trouble, you can drop me in. See, there are a lot of things and and I'm telling you all of this. I want to get to it and then I'm going to go back and explain these things to you because I want you to remember that he could not do something on his own. This man needed some help. The next thing is. After he tells him he needs help, then Jesus says to the man who couldn't move, the man who couldn't walk, the man who couldn't get up. What does he tell this man to do? He tells him to get up. Dude, now you didn't ask me if, I'm, if I want to be healed and then you're going to tell me to get up? Come on, man, this is dirty. How you going to trip on me like that, man? You know I can't walk. But that's not what the man did. What did the man do? He got up. Now, Jesus is trying to get across some points to us because I want to get somewhere before that. The first thing that Jesus is trying to do in all of this when he's taking this man from seeing his norm is he's trying to get him to gain a new perspective. The first thing that he has to do, the reason why he sits and talks with him, the reason why he gets his information, you know, because he didn't know that the man was there 38 years till he had sat down with the man. He had been having conversation with this guy and talking to him. And now he's finding out about him and he's trying to get him to see from God's perspective. Stop seeing where you are. See where God wants you to be. That's the first thing that he needs you to do. If you're going to work the works of Jesus, you got to stop seeing here and you got to start looking at where you are. You are seated where? In heavenly places with Christ. Are you with me? You're seated in heavenly places. That's the first thing he's got to get you to stop looking at. You got to stop looking at you on earth and all your troubles that you got here on earth and how you're going to pay your bills and how you're going to get a new job and how you're going to make this relationship work and how you're going to do all this stuff. Forget that. Your first priority is to stop looking at your surroundings and to start coming up to where he is. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of the father. Did you know the right hand? Did you know what the right hand of God is? Did you know what that is? Well, first thing is Jesus. But let me explain to you how it's so. It is power. You're seated in power. That's what the right hand denotes. And you're seated at the right hand of God in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you got to stop looking at your life from this low level. That's the first thing that Jesus came doing. That's why he sat down and began to talk with the man. And he looked at it and told us his perspective. 38 years, he looked at it from sickness. Everything around him, nothing that he, guess what? He barely saw people walking around and being whole. The main thing that he saw was sick folks. So he had to change his perspective. The second thing is, listen, the the reason why God asked this man, do you want to be healed? He didn't even say that. He said, do you want to be made whole? He says, I don't just want to get you to where you can walk again. I want to restore everything 
that you lost. The reason why he asked him this question was not to be mean. It was to try and change his desire because over time, can I be honest with you? If 38 years I had been dealing with not being able to move. If 38 years I had been dealing with being uh, 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 addicted to uh, a drug, pornography, I had been addicted to, to different foods or whatever it is over this course of time, whatever it is, after 38 years, I start to give up. You start to just say, this is just me. Have you ever made excuses for why you're in the position that you're in? I have. I ain't going to lie to you. I've done it many times. If I had just done this. If I had just done this, if I had just done this, if, if, if I had worn it too harder. But can I tell you something, guys? I, I know this bad about me, but I'm going to tell it anyway. You know how many diets I didn't try? You know how many things I tried to change who I am? All these different things that I've gone through trying to be different. It's not that my want is gone. Sometimes you just get used to it. What you do is you just have the section of your closet. I don't know about you guys. I don't know if anybody got that. But you got a section of your closet for when you're fat. And the section of your closet for when you lose some weight. And you rotate between those two because you're fluctuating between those. And you know, hey, this shirt got this button a little tight like this. Okay, I got to go to the section over here now. <laughs> I got to go to the big section. Then it's not that I don't want to stay in the position where I'm slimmer. But I've gotten accustomed to just going back and forth. And when I get there, I just change over. And then when I get here, then I just change over. And then when I get here, I just change over. And I've grown accustomed to that. I know, I know. I just have to be real. And you get accustomed to it. And it stops being your priority. And so God is trying to get us to make sure that our want is still there. Our desire is still there. And that's why he asked the question that he asked him to find out, is your want still there? Or have you lost it all and just resolved to just be here? And so he goes on and he says this to him and the man responds that he's paralyzed. Listen, listen, listen. He's paralyzed. I love this. I love this so much because it blesses me that I'm in a position where I can't do it. This man couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. No matter how hard he tried, 38 years, he's still in the same boat. His trying wasn't enough. What he needed is what all of us need is Holy Spirit. This is the position where he's saying, listen, I know you paralyzed. I know you can't get to the water. I know you can't get to the water, but I love this. I love this. Now, remember, the troubling of the water meant that the water was quickened. It was made alive. It became living. And at that moment, when you got in, the first one to get in got healed. Jesus said, listen, I know you can't do it. You can't get to the water. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to bring the water to you. 
Didn't he tell us in John 7, he says, if you believe on me, as the scripture says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. The thing that he needed in the pool should be flowing out of us. He's saying, listen, I know you can't do it alone, but Holy Spirit will cause it to flow on to you. Where you couldn't do it before, it'll flow. It's not on you. I got you. I just need you to see it from my perspective. Stop trying and let me. Get out of the way and let me. I just need you to trust me. And I'm bringing the water to you as it flows. Don't forget that. That's crucial. The next thing is, guys, the next thing is he tells him to get up. And this again seems cruel, but it is something that God wants us to do. It is a place. It is where the rubber meets the road. It is where you really say whether you believe God or you don't. Right? Because now the water has been has been brought to you. And now he says, now it's time for you to do what you couldn't do before. Obey. I need you to do what you couldn't be, do before. Just do what I'm telling you to do. Don't try to do what the diet tells you to do. <laughs> okay? Just do what I'm telling you to do. Don't do what, whatever they else they told you to do, that this is the way that you get out of this situation or this thing. Hey, listen, don't worry about that. Obey me. And if you'll do that, I can bring you out. Just trust me. I'll make what was impossible possible. Then I didn't read this last part, but I want to touch this before we go on. I want to, I want to do this before we, we get to that end. I want to go back through this again and I want to show you how God is saying this about works. Okay. He's telling you that he's got to get you to change how you think about doing what he did. It can't be that to you, it is impossible to do. Working the works of Jesus should be your norm. He has given you all authority. If he has done that and you're seated with him in heavenly places, then that should be your norm. But he's got to get you to see it from that perspective first. So he's got to change what you've seen before. If we're going to work the works of Jesus, we've got to start seeing it from his perspective. Then the next thing we got to do is once we get there, we got to want to really do what he did. It's got to become a part of us that that's our want to that in every situation, instead of us being afraid to, it's our want to, even if we don't know how to. Right? Then next, he wants us, listen, after that, then he wants you to understand that you must do it by his spirit. Okay? And the Holy Spirit will be the one that will show you how to. Okay, you just got to want to. And then the Holy Spirit will show you how to. 
And then you got to do the last part or this next part is just obey. Just obey whatever he tells you to do. Can I tell you something? I, I, now, now, don't think I'm crazy. Don't think I'm crazy when I tell you some of the things that I've seen, but I've seen this. Now, I remember I told you guys how crazy it may look when Jesus spit in the dirt and made mud and put it on the man's eyes, made clay out of mud. That's gross, but it's even grosser when he spit on the man's tongue so he could talk. Uh, really? It's gross, but I've seen this. I've seen in, in, I remember being in a service where a man called a lady up. She had, uh, he said, ma'am, come up. And, uh, she had just found out that she had this huge tumor about this big, right? And, uh, the man called her up and when he was talking to the lady, he said, ma'am, I'm about to do something that's going to go against everything. But do you believe God? Now, I'm not telling you to do what I'm saying. This man had to obey God. Let me make sure I preface this before I tell you what it is. And then he punched the lady in the stomach and the lady coughed out a a half of the thing like this. And then the other half came out and the tumor was gone. Now, I, now listen, I ain't tell, I didn't tell, I pastor did not say it's recorded. I did not say punch nobody in the stomach. I just said, obey God. Okay, even though that seemed strange, it was what was necessary for the lady. Okay, wives, don't go punching your husband saying you're trying to knock that crazy off him. No, (laughs) no, obey the Lord. I want you to understand that this is what God is doing. But now it wasn't finished. The man rises up. He takes his he takes his bed and he starts walking. You think the story's over, but it's not over. It's not finished. Now all the religious people and all the people around are upset because it's the Sabbath day and the man is healed and walking around carrying a bed. They're not happy that he healed. They mad because he got a bed walking. I want you to see that there are two things in this one that when you do the works of Jesus and you work the works of Jesus, everybody's not going to go hooray. They're not going to all applaud you and cheer for you. So if you're looking for applause and cheers, man, you in the wrong business. You're going to be in the wrong place. More people are going to complain because you're doing. They're going to mock what you're doing. They're going to say that can't be God. That can't be God. That's just craziness. But they don't know. They have no clue if it's God or not. It's our job to obey God and to declare, excuse me, declare God. Now, the next part about this is the last part that I want you to see is that you work in the works of Jesus. When you do what he says, do it's not just for you and them. Working the works of Jesus is not just for the person that you work the works of Jesus with. It's not just for you. It's for everybody who's watching. It's bigger than just helping them, although it is to help them, but it's larger than just that because people are looking 
They want to see something that's real that they can believe and that they can hold on to. And when they can get past the skepticism and they can get past all the naysayers and they can see what's really happening. And they knew the person that was sick and they knew that they were sick and now they're not. Things change then. They know it wasn't a plant because that's what everybody says. Oh, they planted people on the road. And guess what? Can I tell you something? There were people who did that. There were people who did that to try and get money. And the enemy placed them in those positions so everybody would see that and made sure they got caught. So that you'd start to doubt that God wanted you to work the works of Jesus. He wanted to plant a seed that would destroy that and cause you to not want to or not believe. But just because somebody is messing up doesn't mean that that's that God's word is not true. I've seen in my day, guys, listen, I've seen in my past days, I've seen people with arms shorter than the other, the arm grow. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen deaf ears open. I've seen it with just legitimate things happen. Tumors come out of people in my own life. I was deaf in this ear and I told no one because I didn't want everybody doing what they do. Oh, you know, I wasn't pastor there. Kenneth deaf. He deaf. Look at him. I die. No, I told no one. I only told God. And I was in a service and I remember the lady saying somebody, right? She stopped in the middle of the service. She was preaching. She said, stop. God is opening somebody's ear right now. And as soon as she snapped her finger, my ear just popped, popped. And I felt warm. And then it was open. I could hear again in my ear. I know. I know for a fact that God still heals and he wants us to work the works of Jesus. It's the way that people knew who Jesus was. Jesus says, just believe me just for the works. If you don't believe who I am, just believe me for the works that I do. Because it's the father that does them. Just believe me for the works. And the reason why people don't believe today is because we ain't working nothing. We got a bunch of platitudes and a bunch of little wonderful, little nice little sayings, but we're doing nothing. Imagine if people started seeing all sick people get healed. Now, listen, let me tell you something. Listen, listen, it is important for you to understand that in order for people to be healed, they have to want to be healed. You can't just run up on somebody in a wheelchair and say, get up. That's not what Jesus did with this man. He talked to the man first. He got his want to first. You have to understand that it doesn't mean that God is not able. It just means that God won't override your desire. You have to understand that that's a big thing that everybody starts yelling at. Well, why isn't everybody healed? Because some people like being where they are. Did you know some people like collecting checks? I'm not trying to knock anybody. I'm just saying some people like it. Some people don't know. Some people are afraid. Okay. There are a lot of different things and reasons why people are in the position that they are. But it's our job. If we would share the truth and demonstrate the work, there's nothing that would contain people from being all over everywhere you go. And I'm not just talking about filling this place. What if everywhere you went, there were people that were following where you went 
because of what you were doing. It's not just for me to work the works of Jesus. It's for you to work the works of Jesus. Every believer, he said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. It doesn't just stop with me. And it's not, listen, listen, let me make sure I say this. Oh, Lord, this is so important. It's not for how long you've been saved or how, how good you are saved. Because guess what? You saved. You saved. Right? You saved. You all the saved you're going to be. Just your, your, your mind, your will, and emotions still being saved. Your soul still being saved. Because there's some stupid stuff that we think. Right? Stupid stuff that we, 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 we have emotions over. But as far as heaven, you saved. I'm sorry, I'm almost finished, guys. You shouldn't let me go this long without preaching, man. I have a lot to say when I come back. But I want to express to you guys that this is what God is trying to get us to if we're going to work the works of Jesus. He wants all of us doing that. All right? I know, I know, guys. Listen, I just ask my only heart, my my heart is this. I'm not trying to make you do anything. Um, I just want you to just go and walk away saying, God, will you show me what you want me to do? Just show me what you want me to do. Just show me what you want me to do. What What can I do to change what is around me? And then give me the boldness, the confidence, the strength, and the grace to do it. Right? Because it takes all of that. You know, while we're in here in this classroom, it feels so good. You're like, yes, I'm going to run out. I'm going to get everybody healed and saved. And then you go out and then you get in the first situation and you're scared. And I would be lying to you if I said that wasn't a real feeling. You were just uncomfortable. Is that really you, God? I don't know if that's you. You know what? Can I tell you something? God would rather you err in the side of love and trying to obey than to not do. This, can I tell you something? There's a lot of things that I've done that have been stupid that I did because I was thinking I thought that's what God said and I did it. And you know what God did? He met me there. And he accomplished it. I remember I remember laying hands on my car one time and saying, because the car wouldn't start. I don't know what was wrong with it, but it was dead. And I was tired of sitting there and I was like, okay, God, I think you want me to lay hands on this car. I said, car, you going to start now in Jesus name. And I said, start that car. And they said, started right on up. And that's crazy. But it's something I felt like I needed to do. And God met me there. On the way to where he's teaching me more and more. Amen. All right. Now I'm going to stop talking because I've been talking a long time. All right. I want us to continue working the works of Jesus. There's so much more that we need to discuss and get in there. Because can I tell you something? When we finish this, I want you guys to listen. I hope how many of you are listening to the podcast? Okay. If you're not, start listening. Go back through all the messages that are on there are outstanding. They're outstanding. Not, and they're not all mine. Okay. So I'm not just, that's not self-serving to say I'm the best priest. There's other RJ and Anthony on there as well. But I want you to know that what it does is it builds your faith. 
So when you're going about, it can build your faith. You can listen to this message again and all the things that you missed because you dozed off. Right. Come on, if we're being real, come on. We know you all zoned out at least once or twice during the message. OK, I, I know I'm a, I know I'm wonderful and I'm, I'm handsome and everything. And you just want to look and pay attention to me. But the truth of the matter is we all zoned out. Sometimes I zone out during the message. That's why I go, huh? Well, OK, let me bring it back. So I get it. You zone out. But when you listen again, the things that you miss, you'll hear. And usually, can I tell you something? Usually the place where we zone out is the very thing that God wanted us to hear. But the enemy made sure that you were distracted on it. So go back and listen again and go back and listen again and go back and listen again. There have been messages that I've listened to. Listen, I know at least 20 times and every single time I hear it, I hear something new as long as I'm not just going through the motions of listening to it. I'm really listening. I hear something new. Go back and listen because the thing about it is, is this church, no matter how large or how small we are, we need to be working the works of Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are faithful. You're wonderful. Thank you, Father, that this message sinks in our heart. And we understand that it's our responsibility to work the works of Jesus. But you're at work in us to get us there. We may not be there right now. We may, it may take a, a few things for you to come along and, and move in our lives. But you're bringing the water to us. And we're grateful. We're grateful for you doing that, Father. How we love you and praise you. Thank you, Father, as as we get set to leave this place, we're not leaving your presence, but we're going forth with your anointing, your authority to accomplish your plan. Yeah, I hear you, Father. With every head bow, every eye closed, if there's someone here today, you know, listen, I want to make it clear that God's standard is perfection. His standard is perfection. That means you have to be perfect. One wrong thought, one wrong anything, and you're not perfect anymore. And because of sin, everybody misses that. We're all not perfect because of sin. But God didn't leave us there. He sent his only son, Jesus, to come and to live a perfect life and pay the full price for our sins. What we should pay for, the penalty of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. But Jesus paid the full price so that all we would have to do is accept what he did. And then we'd be saved by grace just by receiving what he did if there's anyone here today that says hey i want to receive jesus as my lord and savior